Hello and welcome to Level Up with Shay. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Ashley Shine. Ashley is an LA-based comedy writer, actress, filmmaker, and activist. She is best known for playing Josephine Baker in the new sketch comedy TV series, The Book of Queer, now streaming on Discovery+. Plus. After years of studying and performing comedy in Los Angeles, Ashley realized there was a lack of BIPOC and LGBTQIA representation within the comedy community and mainstream media, so she decided to make her own stuff. She created, wrote, and directed the web series Hashtag TMI. She also created, wrote, and directed a short film called Sia. As a writer, Ashley is passionate about writing character-driven comedies centered around love, Black women, and the LGBTQIA community. In this episode, we talk about how Ashley surrounds herself with people who make her level up, the real struggles about living in LA, and some advice for people who want to move there, how she writes characters who are based off of her life but are still authentic in their own right, and she looks back to her younger self and gives her some advice and encouragement for her journey. It's a tearjerker. We held the tears back the best we could. Please welcome to Level Up with Shay, Ashley Shine. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Level Up with Shay. I am so excited to get to talk to an old friend that I made in L.A. Uh, So funny, so talented, and I can't wait to hear about everything she's done over the past few years and everything she's doing now. So welcome, Ashley Shine. Yay. Hello. Thank you, Shay. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So happy to have you here. We did improv together. We were in rainbow bright comedy for a little bit in yes. LA from UCB and all of that. And um, it's, it kind of feels like a different life <laughs> to be honest. Maybe <laughs> it's because I'm out of LA right now, but, but great times. And I'm excited to know, more about what you've been doing. Actress turned filmmaker is what I saw on your website. So I know you've been getting really into making your own stuff lately, which is so cool. Yes. um, I think you have to. I don't think that if you are a woman in comedy and a person of color, you definitely have to create your own opportunities. And I think when I stepped out on my own and started to, I I don't want to say stepped out on my own because I brought a lot of people from the improv community and was like, hey, who knows how to record? Who knows how to do sound? Who knows this? Who knows that? And, you know, a little bitty sketch that I had that was three minutes turned into a whole web series because it was so addictive to be just in that atmosphere where you're having fun and you're playing a role that you see yourself on television playing, but I had to write and create that role for myself. So I think definitely the community around me is really important and always has been important and finding people that also want to level up with you it has changed my life. So it wasn't just me and my mindset trying to level up. It was the people that I networked across the board Mm. to my left and my right that helped me level up. Mm. 
I, wow, I love that. And I kind of want to ask about that. Uh, like I have other stuff, but I just want to ask about that. And like, how did your community level you up? Because, you know, you wrote these things. So you're bringing all of these people in and that's, that's awesome. And you want to help level them up, bring their skills to the table and everything. But how did other people level you up? So UCB was very unique in the community because we were, I will say UCB and, and Second City, we were being trained by people that were actually working in the industry, even though, like, I remember having a conversation with Nicole Byer and she was just like, that's a great idea. Why don't you pitch that? And then I met my, my now mentor, Amy Ananobi, who was the EP on Insecure. And I remember when we were performing for Rainbow Bright and we did the Glenn Close, I met her there. Mm. I didn't realize who she was, but I was terrified to perform that night. And she came up to me and made me feel seen and made me feel like, okay, I wasn't alone in this, this fear that I had. And so when I'm watching Insecure one day, I'm like, oh my God. Like I literally had a freak out moment with this woman. And then I ended up messaging her, telling her how I started following her career and her advice and every podcast she was on. And then I was able to do a mentorship with her for a whole year, mm. which also has led to now, you know, being interviewed to do shows for HBO is so surreal, but I think that's the way you level up is because you want to be around people that have that same passion and energy. And when you see someone else that's already accomplished where you're trying to be and they take the time to really hone your skills, it is life-changing. So I definitely hope that I can be in a position to continue to level up and be able to bring the people that have supported my career up as well. And I try to give back as much as I can. If it's a donation to anybody's projects, I'm the first one to be like, I support you. I don't have a lot of money, but I do support you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I hope that as my bank account can continues to grow that I'm able to do the same that people have done for me. Yeah. I love that. And what was the woman's name who you did a mentorship with? Amy Ananobi is um, the tribe writers mentorship. Okay. Okay. And can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think some people can go through any type of training. I mean, people can read a book and not take any action you know, not actually do anything with it. So can you talk about how specifically that mentorship helped you level up? Did it get rid of fears? Did it make you take, you know, 10 times the action or or whatever it, it took? What was that experience like? So I think that everyone in the industry is a little bit afraid. Hmm. Let's just be honest. When you're creating yeah. your own work, and you're thinking, oh my God, I spent 10K on this project. 
Well, think what happens when you have executives giving you millions of dollars mm -hmm. and then the expectation of you need to get these views. So yeah. I feel like there is always a level of fear, no matter which level you're at. Um, what I will say is it did sharpen my skills. Like I know how to do a general meeting. I know how to follow up with people. Mm -hmm. I know how to start networking in a different way than before. And I know how to continue to put myself out there, even though it scares me as an introverted person, um, even though I'm a performer. And it gave me a community to really work with because a lot of the people that I was in um, the tribe writers group with, they were on my web series, they worked behind the scenes on SIA, they donated to the project, um, we're always sharing uh, film festival codes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gotta save that money. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, should I be really saying this out loud? Oh, well. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's all of those things that, you know, if you need a writer's group, if you need, they're not going to yes and me in a way that they're going to be honest and blunt on giving me notes about my script. I don't want people that's gonna be like, yes, this was great. I want people that are gonna challenge me and give me another set of eyes to be better. I love that. I haven't done a mentorship like that, but just from hearing what you're saying, recommend that for people who are want to get in the industry because yes. it's, it's not like, oh, you know, sometimes uh, we talk about just the general of like getting rid of fear, you know, like you said, everybody's scared or like, this is how you reach out to somebody. But that mentorship sounds super specific of like having a general meeting like that is so important because that is the actual like day to day of somebody yes. in the industry. It's not just like, a re let's hop on a Zoom. It's not like that. Right. I mean, it, it did happen for me like that. They they did email me and say, let's, let's hop on a Zoom. And I was yeah. like, is this serious? But the fact that I did that mentorship and was able to be prepared for a meeting like that, because mm -hmm. you do need to be prepared for yeah. a meeting like that. Also, I want to um, shout out Start With Eight. The Women of Color United group is a great resource. So if mm -hmm. you are women or non-binary, it is a great resource for you to be, have two mentors within the industry and it's a free program. And they started that in 2020. And I have a new, an, another mentor who is really amazing. Hmm. Um, she has worked on a lot of my favorite shows. And I love the fact that you know, Brie has read like several of my scripts and been able to give me notes. Like, yeah, that's imperative. <laughs> so important. Yeah, I love that. I'll, I'll look them up and I'll like put them in the show notes. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. And I kind of want to go back. So what year did you move? I know you're from Ohio. You went to the University of Toledo. Mm -hmm. uh, did you study acting or writing or what did you I study? did. I, yeah. I studied theater there. Okay. It, it was a really difficult experience mm. being at the University of Toledo. 
um, just because it, it was almost like a, um, a preview of Hollywood pre-2020. Mm-hmm. Like, I think now everyone is like, diversity and let's let's change things and let's level up but it was very much old school Hollywood and and you should be happy we're doing this play but I'm like this play is racist Mm. can we do something else like it was just one of those experiences where I couldn't wait to get out of there Mm. and so I basically moved to LA I think it was 2006. So so just for your audience perspective, I have a television show called The Book of Queers that is out right now. I have a short film that's out. I did a mentorship. This overnight success looks like an overnight success, but that is 16 years of me finally seeing the fruits of my labor. Yes. Totally. And I was looking at your reels that you have on your website, just like even the commercials that you're in, just the the few seconds, the few clips. It's so funny. Um, like, <laughs> I just, I love it. But I, I kind of want to know, so you said you moved out to LA in like 2006. I saw one of your earliest reels was like, or at least uploaded was in 2013. So, you know, I don't know if it was that long until you had made an actual reel, but I kind of want to know like some advice that you would give to someone just moving out there? Like what should they be focusing on? What type of mindset should they be kind of cultivating? And were there any mistakes that you feel like you made that, you know, uh, not necessarily that you would go back and change or anything, but that you just kind of realized looking back? Well, I think everyone wants to move to LA. I get it. I get it. I understand. It is very expensive here. The biggest mistake I made was coming out here with like a few hundred dollars in a mm-hmm. credit card mm-hmm. no, and no car. Mm. You have to have a car. You have to have a savings. You have to feel confident in who you are and know that you definitely are going to change within the industry. I think I was very green. And even even last year, I remember in the Tribe Writers program, we got to speak to Stephen Canal, who is the one of the creators of Pose. And I just, I, I just couldn't. I just, I was like, oh, I got the first question. And I just was like, oh my, oh my God. <laughs> I just couldn't get the words out. And I remember emailing my mentor and telling her how important being able to see someone like him in such an iconic show that seemed impossible being on the air. Because once you figure out like how how many steps it is to get a actual show Mm. on television is incredible. But she, I remember her saying, he is wonderful, but so are you. And that ended me putting people on a pedestal. And I think that would be the biggest, hugest suggestion. 
I could possibly give people. The people in the industry, you can admire them, but make maybe a list of the things that you admire because everyone on this planet is uniquely coded and have very unique perspectives. We may be like, we're both queer, but we have different backgrounds, which means we have very different complex stories that are meant to be heard. Yes, these people are talented, but so are you. And so I think that if you keep that in mind, if you definitely come out here with a job, (laughs) (laughs) because you want to be able to support your acting career or writing career, writing classes, UCLA extension right now is like almost $800 for 10 weeks. That's probably like the cheapest writing class where you're getting feedback, which I highly suggest. And you're actually with different professionals that are also on television, but taking a class to hone their skills. Acting classes, five to a thousand dollars a month. Improv classes around that same mm-hmm. IMDB $19.99 a month. LA casting $25.99 a month. Actors access, I think it's like $200 a year. Do you see what I'm doing here, people? <laughs> it, adds up. <laughs> it, it adds, adds up. up. And I haven't even got to headshots. Yeah. And <laughs> or rent. Or rent. Parking. Yeah. Um, and parking. <laughs> isn't even that bad because now we're on self-tape so yes yes but then you gotta pay for a backdrop that's like 120 um lighting <laughs> clothes new hairstyles if you're a black woman wigs <laughs> so what i'm saying is you need something that is able to fund this because not everybody comes for money. Mm-hmm. My parents did very well for themselves living in Ohio. This is not Ohio. Also, don't be afraid to start where you are. I wish I would have started in a smaller market like Chicago and then moved to LA. And now, you know, Dayton, Ohio is building a humongous film. <laughs> studio in my hometown so Hollywood is everywhere don't be afraid to start locally if you're a writer and you want to be a writer in Hollywood you definitely are you're definitely going to need to move out here but if you're an actress definitely start local do improv classes own just anything and just continue to save your money and um when you're ready to make that big leap, then you'll know. Yeah, I love that. I came out to LA with about a thousand dollars and went through that real quickly. <laughs> um, so it definitely is expensive. And I think just, you know, one of the important things that you said is honing your skills because the people who are at the top, who are really good, it's because they're really good. Like people don't make it to the top by accident by surprise like it's because they continuously hone their skills and you can do that anywhere yeah you can do that with people who are just a little bit better than you 
Exactly. And I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to just tell your audience, I sucked at improv. I was horrible. I was not good at all. My first show was so bad. I still have it on video just to keep myself humble. (laughs) But I was just like, oh, if this is something that I want to do, like, it can be taught to me. Like, I feel like writing and structure are things that can be taught. And then the essence of, like, you as a creative those are pieces that can't be taught, like mm. your perspective, your like really, like as we say in improv, your specifics. Yeah, totally. I love it. Thank you for that advice. I it's it's hard. It's really hard. I, I totally get that. And it's like, yes, would I have tried to save up more money before coming out? It would have made life there a little bit easier, I think. Yeah. You know? Um, so totally get it. And from moving from actress to filmmaker, what pushed you into filmmaking? You know, um, you obviously you wanted to make your own stuff. So I know that that was a big thing. And you could talk about that more. But I kind of want to know, too, what skills do you feel you already had to become a filmmaker? And what did you really have to learn making that transition? So... I'll just break it down in, in like the series of, of things. So for me, I felt as though I was in Rainbow Bright Comedy. I wanted to do sketch and do it digitally. And everybody was like, oh, that's going to be a lot of time and stuff. So I was just like, oh, okay, well, what do I want? And so I definitely wanted to do it digitally. So Donzel, who also was in Rainbow Bright Comedy, was like, yeah, I'll do this role. And it it was, it became like episode three of my web series. And I remember the other person on Rainbow Bright Comedy, he did a whole bunch of like social media stuff. So he he did this clip for us. And I was just like, why was that so fun? Why did that bring me so much joy? But also why was the production not at its best? (laughs) So then I was just like, okay, I kind of want to do a web series. I don't know what to do. So I just posted on the UCB board because I heard my mentor, well, she wasn't my mentor then, but I heard her be like, you need to network across. And Issa really didn't know. Like, so I was just like, all right. Issa also didn't know these things. And now look where she is. So let me just leap. So then I asked people and I was like, I don't have a lot of money, but I definitely can give you a reel. And I definitely know that the bisexuals are the largest in, in the queer community, but there are so many movies and shows on how to be a lesbian or queer, but I don't see a bisexual show specifically. Yeah. And so then I was just like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to do this. And it, it was hard. It, the skills that I had was I knew how to act and I took sketch writing. And because I watched a lot of TV, I knew naturally 
how act breaks and, and things and, and the feel and tone of a show should be. But there's so many things that I would do differently now with the with the knowledge that I have now. Mm-hmm. Like just with filmmaking, it is trial and error. And I definitely had to do a reshoot, mm. yeah. which was an expensive error because that was an extra thousand dollars. And because I wasn't paying the actors on hashtag TMI, I did have to work with around people's schedules. So yeah. I had to work very quickly and be like, I didn't have the luxury of Hollywood and being like, we're going to do 20 takes, 50 takes. Like we're going to do three takes and then we need to move on because someone needs to come to an improv graduation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was just like that type, that type of pressure of, I think when you have money, filmmaking is definitely a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But I stand behind my first big project. It was yeah. fun. It was very queer. It was very me. But my writing style has, of course, changed. And, and even my directing style, when I look at Sia, and then I look at hashtag TMI, I'm like, this is like a world of difference. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've talked about this before of maybe myself creating like social media videos and I can't get to the number 20 social media video. Like I can't get to that quality unless, unless I start with number one. Yeah. Right. So it's like, Yes, you have that first web series under your belt and you learned a lot and you didn't stop yourself by it not being perfect. I didn't. I submitted it to contest and was very shocked. I, I'm actually really shocked that I I always say I got lucky because I didn't know what I was doing. I hadn't taken a formal writing class. I just knew television and read some books and then ordered masterclass. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. <laughs> masterclass yeah. is not enough. Um, you definitely need feedback from people. So, so definitely seeing like the outcome of it. And, and also when you are a, a multi-hyphenate, and you're acting and directing and you're behind and you're doing costume design and set design. I did so much that by the time I got to my short film, I was like, this, these are my strengths Mm -hmm. and I need help. Yeah. And I was able to pay the cast and crew for Sia, which I was super happy about because we're in a pandemic still. Um, and, and it was really important to compensate people for their talent because lighting, that's a talent that makes my storytelling look flawless. Like everyone's job is to support the story in the overall feel. And so I just look at when I step on sets, I'm so grateful because I have a new understanding outside of just acting on 
how much work, time, effort in all the things that are part of making a production great, like I have a better understanding. Yeah, totally. And I want to talk about your writing in TMI. So like you said, you write these characters, these stories from your own experience. So TMI based on Aaliyah being an out and proud bisexual woman, um, which you are, and uh, trying struggles to find love, acceptance, and career success, which that sounds like most people in LA, right? <laughs> yeah. With an oversharing problem, which is very funny. But how do you find taking your own experiences and then also creating a character that's not exactly that, right? Like, I'm sure Leah is not exactly you, but no. it's right. Yeah. It's another, it's another person. So how do you expand that character? Like what makes it fun for you? Yeah. How do you do that? Cause I, I want to write my own stories and I'm in the middle of creating a couple of my own stories. And so, I mean, I'm just curious on how do you keep it with your own authentic experience, but also make them their own person. Well, I, I feel like I've lived so many different lives because I've had so many different survival jobs. So yeah. when when people are talking about like, oh, you remember when Eddie Murphy or somebody was so great back in the day? I'm like, well, they're out of the world. They're rich. Yeah. They're not having these lived experiences mm. anymore. And yeah. that was why their stuff was so funny in the beginning because they were coming from a real place. Some of these people... Um, or characters that I create, they're friends, they're things that are similar to myself, but I think when people get specific, so like, it's it's just like any character development, you want to really get specific. For instance, I have a character in this sketch that I wrote, and he is Wonder Bread. He's literally the bread from the grocery store. But what made that funny was different aspects that I could bring about Wonder Bread. Like, what's his personality like? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I've been flexing since 1940-something. Um, <laughs> I, I got that NASCAR money. Like, <laughs> if, if that's true, what else is true for this character. And I think that makes things really funny. Hmm. Like, and I was just like, if he has a lot of bread, money, um, <laughs> what else is true for this character? So then I would think, okay, what are the other things that you would find in the kitchen? Peanut butter and jelly. What if we said that peanut butter and jelly um, were his baby mamas and they had children and their children live in the fridge uh, in the freezer because they're the smuckers uncrunchables <laughs> i literally did a whole mari episode on this situation oh yeah because to me that's funny it's a relatable situation that humanizes them but also the specifics that make it funny are the specifics of how they were created, 
the Smuckers and Wonder Bread don't hold the same nutritional value. Like all of these things make characters funny because they're specific. Mm. And sometimes I'm reading this book about how you can also start from a character's childhood. For me, I started from my character and the things that I struggled with coming out, coming into acceptance with myself and how is my character doing that now? Is she still coming to terms with that? As, As queer people, especially ones that allegedly pass because everyone keeps telling me I look straight. Mm -hmm. I constantly am coming out. Mm -hmm. And so with that, how does that character feel about having to do that all the time? Or there's there's different stigmas uh, against bisexuals there that they're greedy that they haven't chosen if they're going to be gay or straight or that they can't be monogamous. So what does that look like when she dates people? Yeah. I remember one scene in hashtag TMI, she actually, you know, is introduced to the sky is going great, but her ex-girlfriend is also in the room and starts, she starts flirting with this girl and then he notices and he doesn't know that she's bisexual. And then he wants to know on a scale, like which way, like how much are you lesbian compared to your straight side? And she gets really furious about that. Yeah. And then for him, he's like, oh, what did I say wrong? Was That was offensive. And then proceeds to ask another character you two don't happen to be bisexual by chance. And they say, we're queer. And he's like, queer, queer, what is that? Like, you know, and what made that funny is he's at a queer celebration and he's the only straight man. Yeah. And everybody at the party (laughs) is queer. But oftentimes the queer people are the ones that are the, outcast and feeling like oh and now I may I flip the script of that world and so I think if you can get specific on putting characters in situations that will cause them to react yeah very important um and also digging deep into the character's history so that nothing seems abnormal to Mm -hmm. this character's personality. It is based on where they are right here in life. And then as the series goes on, you can see the progression because that's what we do in everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because that is, that is so real because every decision we make now is because of something like we don't do something just randomly Mm -hmm. there's a reason whether we know it or not right yeah so that makes it very real I love that the specifics though yeah if this then what I took a script writing class a few weeks ago and there's like you know 100 questions or something like that that you can ask for your character like where do they go to get their hair cut you know like there's there's really 
specific stuff that you can get into to make it okay this is why this character would make this choice so i love that yeah thank you you're welcome yeah so i want to talk about sia for a minute now are we able to see hashtag tmi or sia anywhere or are they still in the festival so hashtag tmi will be be i will be releasing it to the world at the end of june okay I'm cool. no longer gonna hold on to this cool project i'm finally gonna release it awesome okay because i was looking i was like man i can't see any of this i'm just reading about it but okay cool <laughs> cool so sia is in festival process right now yes it's okay. been accepted into two festivals one i cannot name mm-hmm. you know it's a beautiful project it is very political so I know that right now, not to be like serious on your podcast, I know that right now people want to act like, you know, COVID isn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Social justice, like we've moved on. We really want to turn up this summer and, and have fun. I get all that. But for America, we are still dealing with COVID and we are leading the world in deaths. Like for a place that has access to not one, but multiple vaccines, it's really sad. So this one just deals with, I I had no intention of actually shooting this, but when people read it, they were like, it puts a perspective on the pandemic and a face for the pandemic of, two Black queer women fighting for their livelihoods. Like one lost their job, the other one is a nurse. And there's just a lot of people who aren't here that, and there was a lot of stuff that happened in 2020 that I don't think people realized were happening. Um, Legislation that was being passed. When you have something like this that is so life-threatening, our environments play a huge role and our diets play a huge role. And it's just unfortunate the negligence that the U.S. at that time played. I can't speak on like now, like, because we have so many resources and, and different things to fight this pandemic, but people still are dying of COVID. So I I just really wanted to put a face to, I feel like oftentimes when there is a historic moment that women are left out of the conversation and LGBTQ people and, and BIPOC people definitely are just left out. And so I did the hard thing of trying to like find a, a completely BIPOC crew and what was surprising to me is everyone kept being like no 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 and I was like if there is this person and they are white and they have this access I know that we can find a person of color who will understand this story and are just as talented but maybe resume isn't as impressive as this other person who's had access and so 98 percent of our cast and crew were BIPOC and LGBTQ plus 
That's awesome. And the women, the women were the head of all the departments, which is like rare. Yeah. And it is really the understanding of the story that, you know, like you said, I think is so important. Just, yeah, when you're, especially when you're telling a story like Sia with BIPOC people, with queer characters, you don't just want people on the sidelines, behind the scenes, just there for equipment work or there for the job. You want them there for the story, for the project. Yeah. And and you can tell the difference. Like when I, the book of queers, we, we also did that. That was the largest um, LGBTQ cast and crew in the history of television. And being an actress stepping on set and seeing family everywhere, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel weird about sharing pronouns or messing. Like I remember studying like just so I made sure that I got everybody's pronouns and name right. Yeah. But it was just really refreshing that there was black makeup artists and they were queer. Like I was just like, I don't know if I'll ever have that same experience. I pray to God that I do. But I I told Eric, who is the creator of the book of queer, that he definitely changed my life because I thought when I was shooting Sia and auditioning for the book of queer at the same time, that I would never find a professional space like that besides the one that I was trying to create. And I see that we also are creating a world where we feel safe on set. And it's it's a lot. And it means a lot. Yeah, I love that. And that's, I mean, you're feeding into each other. Yeah. The Book of Queer and Sia both have an impact on each other. So I love that. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. All of this is, you know, behind festival doors, but I'm excited to see both of these. So looking ahead... I'm curious, what do you want more of? What are you excited about looking ahead? Because it seems like, you know, you're you're living and creating your life. You're like, hey, I want more of this. I want more queer and BIPOC people working with me. And that's what's happening. I want to create more of my own stuff, write my own stuff. So is there something that you want more of moving ahead? And what are you excited about? I always say that I really love Tina Fey, Mindy Kaling, and Issa Rae's careers. Yeah. I feel as though they've been in front of the camera, but they've also given so many opportunities to people behind the camera. And I would love to be the queer version of that. Yeah. I want to be able to choose when I am in the front of the camera. I would love a big production company. And I would love to continue making funny, dope things. That would be my only wish for the future. And I can finally afford a house in LA. <laughs> to when you can finally afford a house? Or are you saying now you can? Oh, I'm, I have a four-year plan. I'm okay. like, I'm on the journey of buying my dream home. So I love it. yeah, I'm, I'm one month in, so. Okay. 
<laughs> Three years and 11 months later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. We're going to have you back on at that yeah. time. Set the timer on my phone. So what, I'm just curious, like, what does that process look like? You know, you say you have a four-year plan, like, what, what does that look like, you know, manifesting? Do you like write down goals? Like what are some kind of actions that you take to bring that into your life? So like in, uh, in July, I'm like cutting out the world because I want to focus on, you know, really getting my pilots really tight, mm. continue networking, continue like trying to get into a writer's room. Um, I want to sell projects. I want to be able to continue acting. And, and yes, I have done dream boards, set intentions, lit candles. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to lie. I literally almost gave up on my dream before I booked the book of queers because I was just like, I'm getting older. I, I need to get serious about my life. I don't have a house and all these other things. I put so much pressure on myself. And then when this booking came, it just ignited my dream all over again because mm. it is very tough to, to live out here and be out here and, and to feel like I should. And I think if you can get out of what you should be doing and, and setting goals and intentions, that are true to yourself versus traditionally what we should have by this age or what we should be here. No, things happen at the divine timing. And I think people should, I don't like to say should, but I think that we should give ourselves grace on mm -hmm. being kinder to ourselves and letting energy flow, but also doing the work and the discipline to get your dreams accomplished. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sure a lot of people have felt just like kind of giving up, uh, but it does always, not always, it does in a lot of instances seem, because sometimes even for myself, I'm sure I've felt that way, of the universe then gives you a little, a little spark, right? And then you're like, oh, wait, no, I actually love this thing. I'm actually working for something, working for your life's purpose, for having joy in your life, et cetera. So yeah, that's and, big. And recently the universe has just been allowing these, like, because I've been in the game for so long, now things are just being invited into my life. I'm not technically auditioning like that. It's kind of like, we already saw her portfolio for this for commercial stuff let's just see one take and see if she nails it and then I'm on set mm -hmm. like so it's great to finally be in that position that definitely takes a long time for people to usually get there so and it, and it has I mean like you said you know it's you planted the seeds now you're you're reaping right reaping the harvest yes I love that. Well, I'm, I'm excited for the next four years for you. I'm excited, uh, you know, for other stuff too, but a couple more questions. What are you doing these days to level up? 
I am getting back into acting classes because I feel as though that's really important. And I'm also investing in my writing classes because I also think that's important. Mm -hmm. When I realized that so-and-so has this long resume and they're taking writing classes, <laughs> yeah. just to brush up on their skills, that's what I'm doing. I'm also being more social which is very hard for an introvert, but I'm, I'm out here. And I don't like to say like it's networking. I'm out here genuinely getting to know people in their journey and having a conversation, kind of like we're having a conversation of like, what did it take for you to get there? You know, what do you like to do in your free time? I'm also just trying to find hobbies to do outside of the creative because that's important too, to have a break. Like, you know, this is no longer just a hobby for me. Like I make money from it, it's, yeah. it's my career. So I need to find hobbies that just bring me joy because it's really important to have that downtime for yourself. Yeah, that's super interesting because we, we do our day jobs, right? Starting out, we do our day jobs and then we do, we act and then we do our art outside of that. So it's like, the, that's kind of our hobby, right? But we're working towards making money from it. And then when it becomes something full-time, then it's like, oh, wait, I, I need to pause and not do this all of the time. Since I'm not working my day job, now I'm doing this all the time and find hobbies. So yeah, I love that. I love that. So one more question, but before that, where can we find you on social media and how can we support you? I am not very creative in this way. I don't have the swagger of like cool names. So it's just Ashley Shine on all social medias. Easy to find. Yes, I'm going to try to get a TikTok going. Okay. I don't know, you know, do it for the kids. Um, yeah. But dancing <laughs> a little dancing probably you know do some sketches like you do sketches yeah. um just to just to have fun and, and yeah to, you know yeah yeah it's good practice too like even and just like being silly even if it's not for like writing it's just like oh I can be silly and do whatever it's not strict at all you know I love that <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay, so Ashley Shine, on all of the socials, I will post all of your socials in the show notes so people can yes. find you and go there. And if you need me on my website, it's ashleyshine.com. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, great. Well, last question. We kind of talked about this a little earlier of like when you moved to LA, like what was some advice that you would give to people just moving out there? So this is kind of similar, but I'm I'm curious, what advice would you give? To yourself like if you were to go if you were you now to go back to that younger self what kind of encouragement would you give her and tell her you know in the hard moments in the good moments whatever gosh I almost want to cry yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would hug her and tell her you're going to be amazing and don't take yourself so seriously to have fun I would tell her it is not going to be easy and the things that 
you suck at are things that you can be taught. I would just tell her that, you know, there's going to be some very rough days. But at the end of the day, you are all that you need. And I would also tell her that you are uniquely, fabulously divine. And when you get over your own homophobia and and also not trying to appease the world, but also live in your truth, your life will unfold. And it's going to be better than you ever dreamed. Mm. Yes. I was, I was, I don't know if you can see me. I was about to cry. I know. I was like, I looked at you and I was like, oh, I cannot shame. <laughs> like, Damn, no. I can't. <laughs> I, I'm glad that this is the one podcast that I was on that I didn't screw up and I, <laughs> I didn't say the wrong network and I didn't cry. <laughs> right. But I, yeah, I think, yeah. I think folks need to just, you know, this is a marathon and not a sprint. There are the rare folks like Brad Pitt that just get discovered at their job. And then there's others that you just got to do the work. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio was acting for a very long time before he blew up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your advice to your younger self, because I mean, you just also gave us so much great actionable stuff too throughout the podcast. So I, I definitely wanted to like end it on, on something kind of, kind and and supportive so thank you for sharing that of course yeah and thank you for being on here Good yeah this was fun it's, yeah. it was, it's been a year so it's yeah. nice to actually see you outside of your little square that right. I see you on typically <laughs> right exactly yeah well thank you to everyone else who is listening this is Level Up Shea and we will see you next week thank you so much for listening to today's episode if anything that Ashley said today resonated with you, please share this episode on Instagram and tag me at Level Up with Shay and tag Ashley at Ashley Shine. You can find Ashley on social media or her website and all the links are in the description. Subscribe to Level Up with Shay wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thank you so much for being here. It's time to level up. <laughs>